What will be the ultimate ending for the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield? Is there a hidden gem with the Browns' first selection at number 44 overall in the 2022 NFL Draft like Grant Delpit was in the 2020 Draft? And Denzel Ward, is the future in Cleveland a certainty? Could money become an issue? Could other cornerbacks in the room become an issue? All this and more on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, a lot to get to today. Uh, Pete Smith will be in the house. Want to thank everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen, day in, day out. Make sure you're following, subscribe to Locked On Brown Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Five star ratings, written reviews. Uh, appreciate everybody with that. Um, gonna get to some talks here. Uh, certainly want to talk about you know, uh, Browns quarterback situation. We're gonna get to some thoughts here. Uh, other Browns-related thoughts, draft free agency, maybe peeking in a little bit about you know what's going on here in the state of the AFC North. Um, as I said, Sports Illustrated's Brown, Browns Digest, Pete Smith in the house. Pete, um, the Browns, you know, and I, I know there's a lot of questions with this, and this started probably the other day with Daryl Ryder's tweet about you know where the Browns' cap situation is. The Browns still are at a pretty healthy amount of cap space. This is Baker Mayfield included into that. So nothing's really hamstringing them um, as far as, you know, what they're going to do. I'm assuming Jadavia Clowney would maybe be more of an issue as far as their cap space right now. And, you know, what moves they can and cannot make as far as whether or not Jadavia, you know, commits to coming back here. Pete, what is the ultimate plan here with Baker Mayfield? I mean, the Browns seem now to be trying to use the appropriate lip service. Um, look, again, the Browns, look, they, they had to realize this situation was going to possibly come up in their, you know, dalliance in chasing after Deshaun Watson, ultimately getting Deshaun Watson. But Pete, now you have here a quarterback on his fifth year option of his rookie deal. Uh, you know, currently rehabbing, um, and y- 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 you need to kind of you need to move on. The question is: is is it a question of eating some money? Is it a question of what's fair compensation? Is it a question of is there really a home for him just right this minute? Well, I mean, I think it just comes down to leverage. Um, you know, when when the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, they lost a lot of it. Um, because everybody sort of knew that they had to move on from Baker Mayfield. That, that That's ultimately what's going to happen at some point. Um, they wanted to, they want to avoid an Amari Cooper situation where Dallas basically put themselves on a clock um, and said, you know, we're, we're going to release this guy unless somebody gives us something for him. So they got what, you know what amounts to be what up to make sure a guy isn't released. Um, so, so I mean, no one's going to tell me, or I said, no one's going to make the argument that Amari Cooper is just worth a fifth round pick. It's just that the situation dictated terms. Um, it's the same deal with um, <coughs> Mayfield. 
<clears throat> and Garoppolo. Um, obviously, Garoppolo's situation is a little bit different. His shoulder's not going to be good for a couple more months. Um, but uh, there's no, you know, so many of these moves have already happened. Matt Ryan has already been traded. Um, you know, the, the Wentz deal has already gone uh, gone through. Wilson and, and Watson have been traded. So, so a lot of these teams are done. Um, the Saints seem committed to um, their situation with Winston and, and Dalton. And then you've got a team like the Atlanta Falcons who – are probably going to draft somebody. So these are all teams that really don't need another uh, quarterback. Meanwhile, the Seahawks do. Um, you know, if, if they go into this again, maybe they're they're planning on the draft um, to to take somebody and put them with Drew Locke. Um, but if not, then you know it's a matter of time before they 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 need to make a move. Detroit's an option. Um, you know, there's a couple, you know, theoretically the 49ers are an option if they were to move Garoppolo uh, because Bayfield is actually cheaper. Um, the money aspect, I think, is largely crap. Um, don't get me wrong. Teams don't want to pay money. They don't have to. Again, it comes down to negotiation. But if you're going to play the kid, $20 million isn't isn't a big deal. I mean, the Browns are going to pay Deshaun Watson $54 million next year. So 20 is sort of a drop in the bucket comparatively, but uh, it all comes down to what you can get away with. If um, if they were going to move Mayfield earlier in the process, he would have been worth more. And he still may fetch a decent price. It, it's hard to say. Uh, but the only thing the Browns don't want to do is cut him. I mean, that's the only thing that will not happen because um, they don't want to eat $18.8 million. I think ultimately what they would like to do is roll that money over and potentially some other money uh, which is going to help them with their roster flexibility when they are paying Watson $54 million and when they are paying Miles Garrett, you know, however much money he's be- making next year. Um, so that's where they're at. But the Browns have capped space. They have like 20 something million dollars. It, it may, you know, depending on what Ethan po- uh, Posick is making. Um, and it, that part of it just comes down to the Browns are, com- you know, set with numbers seemingly. And players they're talking to have to decide if they're going to ultimately accept those or not. Uh, maybe if Mayfield's situation changes and they trade him, that they ha- maybe have a little bit more flexibility with what they can offer. Maybe they're still um, coming down to some firm decisions. But ultimately, um, whether it's wide receivers rumored to be with the Browns, defensive ends rumored to be the Browns, or you know, seemingly the position they need the most, uh, defensive tackle, um, it just seems to be a matter of what you know when are when are when are players going to either come down to the Browns' demands or other teams going to give them enough that's going <laughs> to have them move elsewhere. Uh, with this, and you know, it's not the greatest situation to be in right now. But at the end, of, you know, at the end of the day, look, the, you know, the Browns, you know, are functioning in an off season mode. There's nothing team related. Even if there was team related, most likely Baker wouldn't be here due to his injury and rehab process. Um, you know, I, I think people would like, you know, you know, to just get it done and get it over with um, money involved, certainly compensation involved and, you know, finding the home. And, you know, obviously Baker is in a unique situation here where there is no team control after 2022, which probably benefits him greatly, but doesn't benefit the ability for the Browns to get a move done with him maybe anytime soon. Um, bringing up Deshaun Watson and, you know, 
don't want to hear from any other owners. Look, this started a few years ago. Kirk Cousins, I believe at the time it was like three years, $85, $86 million, all guaranteed. Um, For the Browns, this was a jump in the pool they felt they had to make to get Deshaun Watson, um, you know, to view them in a light where he would view them as, you know, a legit possibility of moving on, which he ultimately did. Um, It's the quarterback position. This is always going to be, you know, Quarterback positions always going to be played differently than any other position on a roster. Um, Browns did what they had to do, Pete. And, you know, as far as they think they are concerned, and I'm sure that the thought process in Berea is the rest of the 31 NFL teams will figure out your own damn, figure out your own damn quarterback spot. We had to do what we had to do for ours. Yeah. um, uh, This comes down to the fact that, you know, by fully guaranteeing that money, the NFL makes you sort of, Put it up. It's like it goes into escrow. Um, so, you know, that's a significant amount of money to, to put up that, you know, Jimmy Haslam has the wealth to do that. Um, not everybody else does. But it's weird to me because it feels like the NFL already has ways to uh, get around this thing. It feels like if you, you know, you're you're you want to offer what amounts to be a guaranteed deal, you just put in language that every year, basically like one minute after the start of the league year, the money fully guaranteed, you know, the salary fully guarantees. I don't know if that, you know, if, if the NFL would would make you put up that money at that point or not. If that, if 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 it does, then 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 that's a problem. You know, teams like the the Bengals can't do that. Um, teams like even the Las Vegas Raiders, at least right now, probably can't do that. Um, There's some teams that can, but but don't want to. Um, that's a, obviously it's a significant commitment. Um, I understand that it could be a game changer for top level quarterbacks. Uh, maybe there's an, a, a few other positions where that could happen. Um, you know, like a premium pass rusher, or like top of the line corner or something like that. But overall, I don't think this is going to be like, you know, this huge, um, thing. I mean, maybe the Browns are, are going to be content to start doing this with more players, but, um, you run into situations where if you miss, um, then then you're on the hook for all that money, and it and it still impacts your cap. So it's not going to be like, you know, baseball where you, you essentially are not just paying a luxury tax. I mean, there are there are real risks here with these type of contracts. I mean, if Deshaun Watson something happens to him, injury or otherwise, you know, there's significant amount of money there on the hook for that's not going to go anywhere. So um, in the moment, I get it. Nobody wants to be in a situation, you know, the Baltimore Ravens owner mentioned this, didn't want, you know, this isn't something they wanted to deal with in terms of uh, negotiating with Lamar Jackson. I I could see it particularly with a player like Jackson, given his style of play where that could be even more uh, offer even a little bit more risk, but um, it's not to me. And maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't feel like the end of the world. It just feels like there's a ways to get around this where a player can feel like his deal is fully guaranteed. And effectively it is without actually having to put up the money immediately um, and and pay, you know, essentially put that money on hold. Uh, Yeah. So look, I mean, this is, you know, it's something that the Browns have done and and look, they needed to do it. Um, And as far into it as they were, I guess they felt it was literally the point of no return. Um, So, you know, for the other teams, whatever, you're not thrilled with it. You're not happy about it. You know, um, you got to deal with it. I mean, and you know, Baltimore, you know, 
Baltimore specifically and, you know, where they're at with Lamar Jackson, well, you know, that's your quarterback. That's your decision to make. You got to figure it out. And, you know, you know, if you feel pressured by the move the Cleveland Browns made, well, that's, you know, not certainly not the Browns problem. So we're going to get to some more here. Obviously, Pete Smith in for the ride here. Your latest lockdown Browns. Uh, of course, as everybody knows, daily information here. We are here with the daily. Um, and just, you know, so much been going on to this point. So much still more to come here over the next month as we are now looking one month away from the NFL draft. So stick around. This is the time of the year that I have pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. But not this year. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I really enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, they are marshmallowy. They are not just a protein bar, they are a treat. And they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be part of your new favorites. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, the puffs are included 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com, scroll down the macros chart, and you will be blown away. High protein, low calories, high fiber, low carbs. Most of the bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it'll definitely be good for you. At Bilt Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but it seems to happen every time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Go to built.com using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Uh, Pete, now with the move yesterday, Ethan Posick brought into the fold. Um, the Browns are very, very deep at the offensive line position here um, with bringing Chris Hubbard back, with re, uh, reworking Jack Conklin's contract. Uh, it looks like Nick Harris should be your starting center. You brought in a little competition there in case there's a slip up. Posick at six foot six, three twenty, has experience anywhere on the interior. The question is here, Pete, is offensive line even going to be a thought with any one of these seven selections? Because they are rolling deep. And they are rolling deep. And even as far as the backups, all of these guys have you know a, a ton of experience within this league. Well, I mean, the goal is to put yourself in the position where you can take the best player available or, or the best player, the best investment or the best opportunity, the, the language they keep using. Um, I, I don't know that Ethan Posick stops you from doing any of those things or uh, that any of these guys are so um, – tied to this team that they are are upgradable, at least from a backup position. Ethan Posick is okay. He can't pass block to save for his, his – um, he's – I think Posick is Croatian for Hans. Um, he's just a very, he's a very, very large man, but, you know, who, who can run block pretty well, but that's not that important. So they do get some credibility at center, I guess. Um, people know who he is because he's a he was a highly drafted player, but he's never been that 
particularly effective. Now, maybe he will benefit immensely from uh, Bill Callahan, but um, I'm, I'm not sure what, you know, how credible he is as sort of a comp- contender to take the job. Um, although the difference between a six six center and a six foot center is fascinating to me, um, just in terms of taking the snap. Uh, but you know the offensive line in the draft. There are certainly positions that are pretty deep. Uh, there are certainly in some intriguing tackle and center options. Um, but I think they are spread out enough where if you don't get the guy you really like, you're probably not getting one. Um, so uh, I, I think that that's more to do with it than anything. But if you know, you know, uh, one of the guys who's who's really popular with uh, with you know, at least people who sort of follow the draft with the bronze is the kid from Arizona uh, at center, Donovan West. Um, but like, that's the guy they like. So if you don't get him, you're sort of out of luck yeah. here. So, I mean, if he's there at a good spot in that sort of Nick Harris zone, um, I don't think they'd hesitate to pick him if they like him. But I don't think they want to be in a situation where if they don't get him, that they're sort of scrambling. So this is what, you know, this is what they do. This is what most teams do. They want to knock out needs. Now they have a a number of them to knock out, but offensive line, um, I don't know how many people were really expecting the Browns to take James Hudson when they took him. Um, I certainly, you know, that wasn't a player that I sort of uh, had identified as a guy that made sense for them. and, And they just saw a good opportunity and took him. And so far, it looks like it's having promising results to the point where we're now he would be one of the guys that you're saying is too safe to potentially upgrade from. So, um, yeah, I think it's just covering your covering your basis so you don't have to do anything. Uh, with all this being said, Jack Conklin obviously reworked the contract here. You know, Jack Conklin, um, all signs seem good as far as the rehab he's going through. Um, but you have Hudson. Uh, you brought Chris Hubbard back into the fold. Um, you know, to continue that, which is, you know, with, with Chris Hubbard being your swing offensive lineman, he's been fantastic with him being a starting tackle. Um, it's, you know, the results certainly, I would say, were mixed here. Um, but all that being said, you certainly have to have a plan in place here for Jack Conklin. It, it, you know, the injuries have obviously, you know, been a big part of his career to this point. Between Hudson, Hubbard, you covered there, if there becomes any issues with Jack Conklin? Yeah, I, I think they're they're fine. I mean, obviously, the only thing that happened with with Hubbard was that he got hurt. Um, I think um, even with the guys they have in in, in the mix, James Hudson's probably going to get every rep that Jack Conklin can't get. Uh, so he should benefit immensely from that experience uh, and continuing to develop. I don't expect Chris Hubbard's going to take a lot of uh, take a lot of reps to get ready. Uh, I think for him, it's largely, are you healthy and ready to go? Do you feel like you're ready to go? Okay. You're there if we need you. So I think the Browns are in pretty good shape there. Um, They have, you know, three guys there as opposed to last year where they had two and two wasn't enough. Um, So they should be fine. Um, You know, with, with Conklin, they've given him a contract where he can potentially get every dime he was going to get. So um, it seems like, they are reasonably confident he's going to be back and ready to go. Um, obviously, if he's not, they're not going to take a, you know, he's not going to get nothing. He's going to get $8 million, I think, guaranteed. Uh, so he's in a pretty good spot either way. But I think they have to feel pretty good about him. He has to feel pretty good about where he's at 
for them to work this thing out. I mean, they could have theoretically just moved on um, entirely, but I think the, the decision they made certainly is the most logical for, for what they want to do. Uh, and, you know, look, offensive line is huge. Uh, it's paramount. It's critical for what this team does, the success they have, you know, with their running game, obviously, you know, keeping their quarterback clean, um, certainly, you know, paramount to this offense. Uh, so keeping, you know, the cupboard full, so to speak, as far as the offensive line position, it seems to be, you know, uh, you know, a trend that they've been able to keep up here with their three years. Um, so just going to have to, you know, continue that here. Um, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, the best of the stats you've seen, uh, those probably going to come down here a little bit. Uh, you know, this Browns coaching staff is not going to forget that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunter here, or even Dearness Johnson, as far as, you know, uh, ability to run the ball, the success they have running the ball, um, and just, you know, the advantage it gives them with the strong offensive line they have to, you know, this point. Pete, the Jarvis Landry talks, um, I, I think there's a lot to it as far as Jarvis coming back. And I think, you know, it, it's part of, you know, which, you know, look, go search the open market. You know, we're not trying to, you know, disrespect you here by any means whatsoever. Um, but, you know, go see if you can find your market rate. And I think with, you know, the Browns, and Jarvis Landry still talking. I think Jarvis Landry is facing the harsh realities of about you know of being you know almost a thirty year old wide receiver in the NFL. The draft produces great wide receivers year in year out. Um, statistically, you know he's not really had the greatest production here the last couple of years. Um, but what could be a a difficult year? Because obviously there's going to be you know a lot of media, not just Browns media with an eye on the Browns waiting for anything to go wrong to say, Oh, well, that was a move. You see that I sold your soul for this, da, 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 da. but this might be a situation where having someone like Jarvis Landry, and I know everybody loves to you know go to the locker room talk, but it may be a little bit of a better option for a year that's coming up. Um, certainly of course, if the, if the money's right, it gives you, you know, Schwartz another year to grow. It certainly gives, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones, it's not going to block him from, you know, hopefully making that third year leap and maybe with an Amari Cooper in here with Deshaun Watson, you know, who throws a solid deep ball as well. Maybe the opportunity is there where, you know, even bringing Jarvis back in a smaller, you know, defined role could work. Um, I think it's mutually beneficial for this rumor to be out there. Um, whether it True. happens or not, I think it's good for Jarvis, and that he sort of has this sort of this team that's there that can you know that that, that presents an, another alternative that can potentially be used to get more elsewhere. I think it's good for the Browns because he's very popular, uh, and and um, there are people who want him back basically no matter what it takes um, because they like him that much. Uh, so. In that sense, both sides get what they want, and that the Browns get to look like they're trying uh, to bring him back, and that he gets what he wants, and that he gets potentially somebody else to, to bid against. Um, now, maybe the Browns are have something else, whether it's the Mayfield thing or something else that is waiting until you know they have a deal in place that that, that might need something else to happen. But the bottom line is, I think if if Jarvis was willing to agree to the Browns' number. This deal would be done. And the fact that it isn't suggested, you know, I, I don't know what's going to change. Um, that ultimately he's going to settle for 
what is going to be way less money than people think it is. Um, or, you know, him going elsewhere. I, I don't know how this ends um, with them sort of ha- truly happy with, with the setup. Uh, if Jarvis comes back for like $8 million, which if that was the case, I think they would have just restructured him in the first place. Um, if that's, you know, if is there a scenario where that could happen? Sure. I mean, I, I originally wrote this is what I thought was going to happen is if the Jarvis was going to be back, it would be cut and then renegotiate when he when when a better deal wasn't out there. But um, I think when you look at what the Browns have money wise, and depending on where you look, it's about twenty two million or twenty six million uh, minus whatever Posick's going to get. Um, they have a lot of things they have to do. So they don't have the ability to just be like, okay, we're Jarvis and Odell back and we're going to give them, you know, a combined, you know, 20, $25 million. They, that's it. That would be all their money. They don't, they, at that point, they don't have any defensive linemen. Um, so they have to be able to feel the team first, um, which is why I'm dubious. Why I think Odell's not even a conversation. I think that's, that's entirely crap. Nope. But, um, it's why I think the 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 making this work with Landry is more difficult than than people realize. Um, if you're gonna, unless they're content to go in with a, a defensive tackle group of Tommy Togiai, Jordan Elliott, and Taven Bryan, and be like, all right, this is what we've got. Uh, they have to do this, and that and Clowney Clowney deserves more money than either the than anyone else of this, in this conversation as far as the Browns free agency wise. And I think you know if the the, the rumor of 12 million or thereabouts is about right. Then you have to take that out of that 22 or $26 million that you're, you're already um, down at that point to, to, to not very much money. So I don't, I don't see how this is going to work itself out. Um, I think, you know, at that point, the Browns can find somebody that they can fill that hole. Like, you know, I, for instance, uh, a guy that like I didn't think was going to sign with the Browns, but was just sort of an interesting name hanging out there, and he, he has not since re-signed with the Saints was Traquan Smith. Like that was a guy who was sort of like, I think he's getting like six million dollars or something uh, over two years, or maybe even over you know each year. But like that seemed to be like a way out where they could get something that sort of fit them at, at the price they 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 need to be fit. The Browns are operating right now on sort of like certain amount of money they have. Um, and, and as far as like wide receivers, whether it's Beckham or Landry or Will Fuller or some guy we're not thinking about, um, I think they have a number in place and the, or, or a deal. And it's basically going to be the first player to take that deal is going to get that spot. And if not that, then they're, then they may have to go into the draft for it. But um, it's, I, I like, I'm not going to say it can't happen with Landry. It's just really difficult to see how this works out given, given sort of the things they have to have to work through. Um, and look for us, defensive line um, where it's at. And this has been basically the calling card of what needed to be done this off season um, to this point. And, you know, Tavon Bryant, uh, Chase Winovich. Uh, yeah. It's not a bad couple of, you know, building blocks, but uh, certainly, you know, certainly upper grades needed here. We're going to get to a little bit uh, more here. Uh, we're going to bring up a little locked on Brown memory from the past, see if we can correlate it uh, to this year's 2022 NFL draft. The good folks 
at Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingless intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low, and they are for every customer. They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Uh, We encourage you to discover uh, your own car part needs. Before you start looking around to get work done on your vehicle, get an idea of what these parts may cost because rockauto.com is going to beat whatever your local chain store tells you the price of said part is. So be sure, be smart, be active, check all this out. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know the folks here at Locked On sent you their way. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Pete, it was about this time two years ago, leading into the 2020 NFL draft. Um, Browns, in the 2020 NFL draft made a trade in the second round, ended up picking 44, which will be their first selection here in the 2022 NFL draft. And around this time, about a year ago, Pete, you started floating the name of Grant Delpit being somebody the Browns could get there. I thought it was absolutely insane. I didn't think, you know, there was a slip for Grant Delpit and some people tried to make up, you know, a little part of his career at LSU where he was playing injured, this, that, and the other thing. Um, so with that, you know, Grant Delpit ended up being the Browns selection at 44. Everybody knows missed his rookie year. I think showed well in year two. Browns still have high hopes is, you know, this will essentially be year two on the field for Grant Delpit. But Pete, who are like the highlights here? Who is the the possibility to be there at 44 for Cleveland that maybe some folks aren't expecting? And obviously it would just be a, a you know, an absolute huge W for the franchise. Um, like guys like Lewis Seen, uh, from Georgia is somebody that like, I I think might be more difficult to place, uh, who's a really good safety, you know, in a group, in a group that has a a number of good safeties, you know, for example, uh, Kyle Hamilton, even though people are trying to like ding him for speed or whatever, is going to go pretty quick. Um, you know, the the brisker kid from Penn State could go pretty quick. Um, and then you've got Seen, who fits all the things the Browns would look for in a player. He might be uh, in a position where he could fall down there. Um, it's possible. I still don't believe it's going to happen, but it's theoretically possible that if a bunch of teams just sort of look at uh, – the combination of uh, Drake London and Traylon Burks and they, and, you know, those guys are sort of every team's second pick uh, that they could fall. Um, Drake London's going to, you know, have his pro day here in a couple of days, um, you know, see where he's at. And, and Traylon Burks is, his his draft process has not gone well um, in terms of athletic testing and stuff like that, but, you know, there's increased talk that he was playing closer to 240 at the end of the season, and if he was, for me, was that's more, for me, yeah, that's more of a problem than the actual time speed. Because there's one thing you don't really want to hear about with skill position players, and that's you got an issue keeping your weight right. 
Well, I mean, the thing with but the the thing that with Burks was it seemed to be more of a like a team suggested survival tactic than necessarily a um, bad weight. I'm not. I, I I don't know the answer to that. But um, if you know if he falls down the board and teams sort of like you know just again just sort of pass him and allow him to to slip that he becomes interesting. Um, you know, obviously Tra- Travis Jones is a guy everybody's going to keep an eye on. I, I still think he's going to go somewhere in that first round area. Um, other than that, I you know I don't know that anyone that I'm looking for anyone to necessarily fall down the board. I, the other you know the only other position I would sort of keep an eye on is corner. Um, if one of these you know one of these guys like. Uh, falls down the board that fits what they really like at that position. And, and they potentially uh, have an interest in, in moving Denzel Ward. Then that, you know, for not because they don't like the player, but because they don't like the, the contract that would come with it. Um, that's a possibility, I guess. Uh, you know, some of these corners, are, uh, corner is a position that tends to be super young in the, in the draft. So, you know, if they really like a guy like Kyrie Elam from Florida or, uh, Andrew Booth from Clemson or somebody like that. Um, maybe there's a possibility there, but um, I don't know if like there's anybody that's sort of jumping out to me that that sort of like a guy that could could fall like one of these pass rushers. Uh, you know, nothing would make me happier than George Karloff to so- suddenly falling down the board to the point where the Browns could go up and get him. I just don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> at which point we're talking about guys that that. Maybe aren't rated as high, but just fit what the Browns seem to want, which could be like a guy like uh, Logan Hall, the defensive line from from Houston, strikes me as a guy that could fit. The you know the 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 only guy, the only reason Perry and Winfrey jumps out at me is if they look at him and they say uh, they like him as as sort of like a Stefan Tuit projection. Uh, because he can't play the run, or at least hasn't to this point done it at all. Uh, but maybe they like him better on the outside, and then moving him into rush the passer because he can do that. Uh, but those are the that's the position that sort of jumps out at me. The, the Browns not having three first round picks. Um, I have to feel like they want to somehow draft a future opposite Miles Garrett. Um, it doesn't mean they have to do it in the second round. It just the second round is obviously the the chance for them to sort of land the best talent to potentially do that. So those type of guys sort of jump out at me um, as, as possibilities for this. You know, George Pickens is out there as an option. I'm not a George Pickens guy. I, I know there are a lot of people who adore him. I, I have a tough time uh, with, you know, if we, we, we went through this whole thing last year where we're like, well, the Browns aren't going to want guys with significant injury histories, and they're going to want guys who have sort of been proven to produce. George Pickens is neither of those things. Now, that, that, that doesn't mean they couldn't take him and, and sort of laugh at us um, uh, in, in the process, but that that's one of those guys where I, I understand the attraction to him. He's six, you know, he's six foot three. He can run. He can you know track the ball down the field. There's a lot of things you like about him, but I don't know if the Browns are going to like him uh, given those other factors. 
Um, you brought up Denzel Ward, and I, I, I did want to get to this. Um, this you know, there's a couple things here. Obviously, you know, Denzel Ward with his play, um, certainly looking, you know, for a contract extension commensurate to his abilities. And, you know, it, it, all respect in the world, uh, you know, he's he's due this paycheck that is certainly coming his way. Um, from what the Browns have acquired at the cornerback position, you know, with this regime, um, probably a little bit smaller than they like. Most of the corners they've gone after a little bit bigger, a little more length to them. Um, you know, uh, with a lot of money invested at the quarterback position for the foreseeable future. Peter, are they in a position here where, you know, Denzel Ward and, you know, I, I don't want to put a percentage on it or you know, one way or another, but are they in a spot here with Denzel Ward where, you know, maybe Denzel Ward, isn't as much a part of the future uh, of the Cleveland Browns as, you know, some people just expect it to be. Um, I don't think the Browns are like actively looking to get rid of Denzel Ward. Um, I think it's more along the lines of if the right call comes in, they'd certainly consider it. And it's not because they don't like Ward. Ward's a, Ward's a really nice player. Uh, but if you're going to end up having to pay him, you know, approximately $20 million per season, or over, and are are you saying that he's that good relative to what you have on the team, or is you know do you have you committed your resources elsewhere between Miles Garrett and uh, Deshaun and Deshaun Watson? Um, you know, do you feel like you want to avoid another premium contract? Do you feel good enough about Joe Woods and what he's done, particularly at corner? That is a position that has at least. Uh, Certainly this past year overachieved, um, you know, is there an opportunity for them to sort of get a player they really like um, and get return on, on Ward that would make them feel good about it? Uh, I, I think that has to be at least a consideration just because they can't pay everybody. They are now in a position where they have to be a little bit more um, – you know they have to they have to make some tough decisions and and certainly letting go of Ward be a tough decision. I mean the argument against Ward is obviously that he misses about basically a month of season so far. Um, that's you know that's a tough that that can be tough with that type of money involved. Um, even if he's played r- really high level and he, you know obviously made the Pro Bowl, um, but is he that is he sort of that dude? Is he that you know that top of the line corner that you have to have? Um, I don't know if the Browns feel good enough about that. The, the other part of possibility um, is that they get a nice offer for Greedy Williams and they take him, you know, they trade him for something like another draft pick or a player or, or, you know, something else that can, they can then throw in there um, and, and, and start developing, uh, you know, with his shoulder, that might be a little bit more complicated um, for everyone, including the Browns. You know, both how both both uh, teams may not want maybe worry about acquiring him because of the shoulder, and the Browns may be uh, wary of extending him because of the shoulder. Um, do if it's possible that they feel good enough about him that they could po- possibly look at him as sort of the future behind um, Greedy William or uh, behind Denzel Ward. I, that part of it seems a little less likely to me, but um, the Browns have to come have to be more in the mar- you know in the realm of coming up with creative solutions now that they've they've got so much money tied up um i think they're really well equipped to do that but um it'll be interesting to see how they do it it's not to say they can't extend ward they can um it just 
then that that comes um, from somewhere else. So um, it, it really comes down to to what they want to do, and and not having a concrete answer on a cheap contract opposite Miles Garrett makes that more complicated because they are in a position right now where they are having to um, try to attract Von Miller and then Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith or whoever else. Um, and may may need to pay premium dollars to Clowney. So not having a confident answer across from him um, is another sort of variable that could have them ultimately make a move with Ward, which is unfortunate, but nevertheless a reality. Um, and, and, you know, I, I know people don't want to talk about this, and I know everybody loves Denzel Ward's play. I agree with you. Um, but it starts to get uh, to a point here, um, you know, where, you know, who's making the big money where um obviously you're invested in the amari cooper now you're had a way to work that money you know to you know save yourselves um you know and create some more flexibility here um the money for deshaun going further is is going to be you know absolutely bananas as far as when you're looking at it in relative you know terms to the cap um it's probably going to cost you somebody here eventually um and you know with their um you know level in the secondary they have a ton of guys that they like they play a ton of guys um it might be just a question of maybe where you're you know you're rotating one number one out elevating number two three and four um you know obviously bringing in another young player at the position certainly something to you know think about i don't think anybody truly wants it to happen um but something that could possibly have to happen he is pete smith browns digest sports illustrated.com make sure you check it out all the work Obviously, Pete and the crew have been busy these past couple of weeks. Be busy for the next month or so leading up into the 2022 NFL Draft in Vegas. Uh, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself. Locked on Browns. Follow back account. DM me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there. Questions, ideas, thoughts. You guys know you can always hit me up for that. You guys spend a ton of time here. The least I can do is repay you all back by being so kind in that nature. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're making Locked on Browns your first listen day in, day out. Make sure you're following, subscribe to the podcast, the five-star ratings, written reviews, please, and thank you. We've covered a ton today, what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield, uh, some of the rest of the you know options and you know, work the Brown have to do here in the coming weeks into the 2022 NFL draft. Is there a possible hidden gem at 44 for your Cleveland Browns? And, you know, the status of, you know, Denzel Ward, his future, uh, you know, as far as monetarily and his future in Cleveland. Uh, so we've covered a ton. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go.